Hello, and welcome to Bonnets at Dawn, the only podcast where the British host watches season one of Lost, while the American host watches season two of Lost, and we compare and contrast episode by episode. What does that mean, Lauren? (laughs) I don't get the joke. (laughs) What? Welcome to Bonnets at Dawn, the only podcast that compares and contrasts the lives of Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters. I am your American host, Lauren Burke, Team Bronte. And I'm not your American host, Hannah Chapman, Team Austen. Hello, Hannah Chapman. How are you doing today? I'm, yeah, I'm doing good, thanks. I'm uh, oh, good. chilling out in my podcast hut, which is my housemate's oh, bedroom. Hey. Hey, hey. Hey, where's your housemate? He's at work. He has a he has a job that he does. Oh, uh, what are what are those? We have jobs. I have a job. I <laughs> did I did forty five hours in two days. No, I didn't. I did. 30, I was like I was like doing the math. I did thirty five hours in two days this weekend. I very much have a job. It's very tired. I just sit around in my underwear and like podcast. That's all I do. I just sit around in my underwear and a podcast. Right, right, right. <laughs> I'm only sitting around in my underwear because it's so hot. The podcast hot. Is it still hot? It's still hot. It's still hot. Um, yeah, I know. I really miss England. We're easing our way out of the summer. We're getting ready for the autumn. Oh, miss it. Miss it. I miss British autumn. I haven't been there in the autumn for a while. I've never been in America during the fall. It's the best, actually. I know. Like Chicago I in October is perfect. You know I want to be there in October and I want to be there in November. Someone like mm-hmm. sort me out a green card marriage or a work visa. I'm pretty easy. And um we'll we'll you know, we'll make it happen. I'll vouch for you as a um, you know, if anyone wants to marry you for a green card cuz Hannah's great. Like she cleans the kitchen like immediately after cooking i do she does her bed she does she's like great at cleaning and cooking and she's (laughs) quiet yeah i'm quite house trained you're really well house trained i'm not i'm an animal for a walk you know (laughs) oh you're great no you're fantastic i'm a very hungry house guest that's okay because i'm really hungry too so yeah so it works for me okay Good. Anyway. 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 We're here to talk about uh, the Pride and Prejudice adaptation for ITV. Breaking yeah. news. Well, it, is it, it was a couple it weeks was. ago. Yeah, yeah no. it was breaking news. Not so much now. You guys know you've um, tweeted at me. You've expressed your displeasure. Uh, Why? No, one's, no one seems happy about this. I'm like, happy. really? I- Come on, guys. You're happy? You're into it? Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. I lap it up. Give All right. More. It might not be good, but, you know, I'm here. I'm quite at my leisure. I'm waiting. Oh. Well, I have to say I was happy because I was like, oh, well, this will be great for the podcast. Yes. And um, I was also really pleased that Mammoth Productions is doing it. So Mammoth produces Poldark Pol- in Victoria. Dark. Woo! And most importantly, Endeavor, <laughs> my favorite show, um, which stars Roger Allen, so we can make my dream come true. Roger Allen for Mr. Bennett. It's going to happen. That would be good. Yeah. He he keeps popping up and stuff. I keep seeing him and I'm like, mate, all right. <laughs> and are you feeling it? You're like, yeah, nah, yeah, I'm feeling it. I get it. Nah. Well, I asked Twitter um, what they thought about that, and I got an overwhelming response that they were all for Alum for Bennett. So love you guys. I'm gonna, you know, Photoshop a few more things and keep tweeting at Mammoth Productions and see if I can make it happen. I really hope that the Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Bennett relationship comes across like a man who married a pretty woman and lived to regret it like come Mm -hmm. on that's all that's all i want from an adaptation not like not so much just the sarcasm but really the point that is behind that 
where he married a woman for love, he married a woman that he thought was beautiful, and then she turned out to be a simpleton. And that is why Lizzie is his favourite child, because she's beautiful, but she has a mind. And I think that is an important father-daughter relationship that they should explore. Maybe Roger Allen is the man to do it. Maybe he is. Well, you know, if I can get a hold of him, I'm going to let him know. Let him know. Um, we should say that uh, this production is being penned by the playwright Nina Rain. Yeah. Um, she did a play at the National called Consent, which I haven't seen, um, but I've heard really good things about it. Um, I want to read the statement from Nina Rain oh. real quick. <laughs> yeah, you go ahead. So she says that Pride and Prejudice is actually a very adult book, much less bonnety than people assume. I hope to do justice to Austin's dark intelligent and in- dark intelligence. I can't talk, guys. <laughs> sparkling, yes, but sparkling like granite. So um, it's the less bonnety thing that sort of gets to me. And then, no, um, you know what's nuts, Lauren? Is the first time you told me about the less bonnety thing. I I really took umbrage at that as like a statement. But yeah. the context of the full statement that she's making is she's saying it's less bonnety than people assume. So she's acknowledging yes. that it's people's assumptions about Jane Austen that it's yes. bonnety rather than the text. So I'm actually fine with that as a statement. You're fine with that. You're yeah. good with that. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Um, now I'm going to read this uh, statement by uh, Mammoth's managing director, Damien Timmer who added, in this age of the box set with audiences loving to binge on complex serialized dramas, it feels absolutely right to release, sorry, reassess this great classic. Um, Every generation needs its own adaptation of this perfect novel. Um, He goes on to say that Nina Rain is one of the most gifted writers working today. Her wit and emotional intelligence make her the perfect match for Jane Austen. She's a devoted fan of the book, but she's never seen any previous adaptations. So pleasingly, the novel only exists in her imagination. Okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I don't know. Like, they're really, really proud of that, that she's never seen an, an adaptation. I also don't know, like, how that's possible. Like, <laughs> it just, they just, like, happen to you. <laughs> Yeah, they do a bit. They're, they're, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't know if I quite buy that. Um, I think on one hand, it, it does feel very like a very romantic notion. Like, oh, this movie only exists in my mind. And I only have, it's just me and the source material. It's just me and Jane Austen. And we're, you know, we're going to do this together. But on the other hand, I, I just feel like it's, I, I don't know. I, I think it's... I, I think it's immature. I don't. I think it sounds yeah. like it's not well researched. <laughs> I think, like I think it's dismissive of everything that's come before it. Like everything else was shit. Don't worry, I'm gonna get it right. I mean, I haven't seen the other things. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it because you know, you know, as we've talked before on this podcast, we're both comics editors. Yeah. And I have actually had people pitch to me saying like, I don't read comics, but I've got a great idea for one. Yeah. <laughs> And you're like, um, okay. Because, <laughs> be, you know, like, maybe, I think the 95 version and the 2005 version of Pride and Prejudice are fantastic. And sure, like, do they the have Lawrence their faults? Olivier like, one everything. The Lawrence Olivier one is great, too. It's really fun. It's not, per- it's not you know, true to the book. It's definitely something that Nina Rain is not going to come up with. But um, I think it's important to see what has come before so you can analyze like this didn't work this did work i want to lean into this this i, I want to push away from this because this did it so well or did it so poorly you know what i mean like i just feel like i, I don't know I, I i just don't think it's responsible <laughs> that felt like a really long rant <laughs> i'm sorry i was like oh yeah uh, uh, um no i like i do agree in to some extent not I don't think this is the right approach. I don't agree with the idea. Like you said, I think it's dismissive of the ones that have come before it. Um, and also, like, there, there is value to them. The thing yeah. that I think is weird, it's this idea that a writer, I'm not talking about Nina Rain, but that a writer would be so lazy 
that they would not look at the source material and would go to like a secondary source. So we'd look at what other adaptations have done and do that. And I do think that happens when we remake stuff, like stuff, there's stuff that is just perpetuated because of one adaptation, like, like Mr. Collins is a young man. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's like an idiot, but like, I think how he comes across in the books and stuff is not how he comes across in any of the adaptations. Yeah. And I think that is perpetuated by like more, more popular adaptations of the story where they kind of take that, the characteristics away from people. And it's almost like you're stereotyping on top of a stereotype on top of, on top of a stereotype. Yeah. And then you have the Mr. Darcy effect where Mr. Darcy is then recreating like other period dramas or stuff are written about not Mr. Darcy from the book, but Mr. Darcy in the adaptations of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Like, I think also so it's if dismissive. We, if we lose, I think, but so sorry. Um, it just, I think no. that means like we won't get any of that, which is fair. But the idea that someone, like, the only way that you could not rely on that is by never having seen it, rather than having the patience to go back to the source material and just trust in that. I think, I mean, I've said this on the podcast before, too, and this really, like, came up when we did our Not My Pride and Prejudice episode. Like, when you watch those two films, um, you know, you really it really solidifies what the story is in your mind if you disagree with it you're like oh no that's not how colin should be this is how he is in the book and this is how i want to write him so i think it just sort of like strengthens your convictions in a way when you see something that's just not accurately portrayed um so i don't know why you wouldn't want to do that as a writer and i also feel like it's sort of a dismissive um it's dismissive of, of like of the existing fans of Jane Knights. Yeah. Like, you know, like, ugh, they have all these bonnet, bonnety, frilly, like, adaptations. Screw them. I'm going to write the real thing. I'm going to write the dark Pride and Prejudice and really tap into a different audience. The only thing I can think of that is super dark in Pride and Prejudice would be having some extended graphic account of Wickham running away with Georgiana and Wickham running away with Lydia. Yeah. And like really delving into that, like into the areas that Jane Austen doesn't cover because she is with her protagonist, Lizzie. Yeah. For sure. And I think that would be good. That would be interesting. It, that would be an interesting like discussion to start. Yeah. Um, You are a big it- proponent of like, of you're very anti-Wickham. So. I'm, I'm anti the bad lads. <laughs> I think we romanticize them and we've yeah. got, got to put it to a stop. Do we romanticize them because Jane Austen herself is not like super hard on them? And because also we don't stay with them. You're right. Like we stay with the protagonist and we kind of have like a hazy like feel for what's really going on. I know. I don't think that we romanticize them because Jane Austen romanticizes them. I think we romanticize them because we are reading it 200 years after it was written. And a lot of the subtlety mm-hmm people's bad behavior like social standards are very different now like a lot of the stuff that mr elliot is doing in persuasion doesn't seem shocking to us but like he was a young man who was married and he is like in mourning and cracking on to other women that was not done like it was not okay at all it was it was really shocking behavior and i don't know i think the equivalent is your wife dying and you immediately putting on facebook that you're sleeping around and dating other people right (laughs) i don't know like I just, I think it's very difficult for us to get a lot of the, like running away to Gretna Green um, to get married and then not actually getting married isn't a big deal now, but Mm -hmm. that would have ruined Lydia's life. Like the stakes were so high and in a family that's all girls and they don't have anyone to support them, what would have happened to Lydia if they hadn't found them? Right. Well, that would be great if she, if she was going to, you know, lean into that. Um, Yeah. It also, I think, would be great if she'd seen the previous adaptations and said, hey, you know what? Like, they don't really, you know, put enough importance on that. Like, maybe I should. Yeah. And also, she might not. That might not be the angle that she's taking. It so. might not. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. I just feel, you know, I just felt like that was a little dismissive. I don't think it's cute. I think it's, I don't think it's cute as an editor when you come up, you know, to an editor and you pitch them and something like, I mean, 
other people do this. I don't read comics. I don't do heroes. They're ridiculous. But I've got a great story. I just, I don't, I don't like it when people are dismissive of things that they haven't seen. Because I think there's value in I will not watch Firefly. (laughs) I will not watch Firefly. You You won't? We just made a huge leap. Like, I was like, what? You're saying people can't dismiss things that they haven't seen. And I'm just like, I'm not watching it. I have no interest. <laughs> I think there's certain things in Firefly you would really enjoy. My brothers, all like, I'd say all five of them, but the two of them are like, you'd really like it. You should watch it. And I won't. Wow. All right. Fine. Stop Don't. Make Firefly happen, Chris. <laughs> I'll be in my room rewatching Game of Thrones. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I just, you know, I think there's value in everything. There's even value in things that are poorly made, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you should really just, yeah, it just like broadens some your horizons. Like adaptations of Pride and Prejudice that we have seen ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot of great shit in the 95 and the 2005 version that you should probably think about stealing or think about amping up, you know? So... That's my statement to Nina Rain. She will never hear it. How do you feel about um, people who are saying that there's no need for it? And why don't we adapt some writers that haven't been adapted yet? Why are we going back to Jane Austen? Well, I think because this was the bicentenary of her death, I was expecting something along these lines. I was expecting maybe a biopic, though, to be honest. I would love a biopic. I would too. But you have a great one in you. Which we will, in a couple of weeks, will come up. And so I want you to write it. <laughs> I think I would do a good job. I know a lot about her. I have written many screenplays. They've never been made because <laughs> uh, I'm not a professional or anything. Right. But it's a really good idea. And um, call me up if you're it's, an agent. It's great. It's, it'll be... Um, it's funny. It's going to be funny. It's funny. I think it's, it'll be discussed in a couple of weeks on the podcast. The um, young Pope meets... Miss Austin regrets. Yeah. <laughs> the young Pope meets Miss Austin regrets. <laughs> oh, don't say that to anyone. Um, so. <laughs> but um, I understand that point. I feel that way, too. Like, absolutely. Like, I think if this is like a cash grab almost to like sort of get people into Jane Austen who have not been into Jane Austen or like to reach a new audience, then that's fine. I mean, it's kind of like James Bond or Doctor Who, like you're just redoing it for a new generation, whatever, that's fine. But there are a lot of um, books that deserve our love and attention and things that we want to get into in the future on Bonnets at Dawn. Like um, when we were at the Parsonage, Amy Robottom, uh, who works at the Bronte Parsonage, suggested that when I go back down to London, I go to Persephone Books. And if you guys don't know Persephone Books, you should look it up right now. They are an independent publishing house in London. And what they do is they sort of dig up all of these like forgotten, you know, Victorian women writers and they publish them. And there are some fantastic books that I picked up, including um, High Wages by Dorothy Whipple. And Dorothy Whipple is often referred to as like the 20th century Jane Austen. And I think we should definitely have some Dorothy Whipple adaptations. Um, If I win the lotto, then I will just dedicate my life to just like buying the rights to these books and like trying to produce them. So how about that? That sounds like a good plan. And I can have cameos. Absolutely. (gasps) Can we do it so it's like Tales from the Crypt and I can be the (gasps) Crypt Keeper? That would be fantastic. I can wear a different bonnet for each one. Oh, I love hello it. and welcome to Bonnets at Dawn. <laughs> no, you have to do it in a super posh British accent. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what, governor? Do you- <laughs> yeah, yeah, do it in an accent like an, like an American would do. Cup of tea, cup of tea. <laughs> bottle, bottle. Can you say Bottle. Yeah, I can say bottle, mate, and I'll bottle you in a minute. That's what I say. <laughs> I um, I love that uh, that bonnets at dawn series that we have in the works. Yeah, Mammoth Productions, call us. So many ideas, Mammoth. I know, right? Um, I would cast I would cast Roger Allen in my biopic. I've got a role for him. Very as, as what? As you, Austin. Austin. Oh, is Mr. Austin. Yeah, he'd be great. 
That's not a, you don't hear Mr. Austin enough, do you? No, you don't. Not I think at all. That would be a great role. I'm not going to write him like Mr. Bennett, though. I don't see it. Oh, okay. Now, do you have That's any thoughts issue. on uh, casting in general? Um. Yeah, I do. So, hear me out on this. Okay. I would like. I would like newcomers. I'd really yeah. like them to take a shot on um a, a mostly unknown cast. I think mm-hmm. I think that was very refreshing about the Joe Wright one. Was that um. No, I'm not talking about like Kira Knightley and Lady Catherine de Bourgh and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But like the younger sisters. Um, yeah, at the time they were pre- they were super fresh. Yeah, it was, yeah, I think it's like the jumping point for a lot of people, and I think that's the really fun thing about them. Like, I would I would like I would like it to feel young. Like the mm-hmm. I would like the age to be appropriate. I would like Lydia to feel like a 15 year old girl. I right. think that's one of the like get across some of that like perhaps darker stuff is that Lizzie is she's what 24 yeah she's a very young woman um and Charlotte you know she's she's not particularly old and she's really feeling I think I might be the same age that because she's 27 I think she's 27 yeah so like that real sense of impending like this is it for me like Mm -hmm. I do not have a choice like I have to marry Mr Collins and just really because I think the Joe Wright one did a better job of getting that across, whereas I think yeah. past ones have shown Charlotte Lucas is just seeing seeing an opportunity. Yeah, it's desperation. This is a woman consigning herself to a very lonely life uh, for security. Like mm-hmm. the stakes are real. So yeah, I don't know. Sure. Yeah, some new some newcomers would be nice. I think that would be nice, and then just sort of anchor it with like maybe you know. Mr. and Mrs. I'd Bennett being like, sort of established yeah. actors and Lady Catherine de Bourgh. Like, I think that would be nice if you sort of anchor it. I would it. like Lady Catherine de Bourgh to be a comedic actress. Like Joanna Lumley. very funny. Yeah. And I yeah. Think, well, I wouldn't cast Joanna Lumley because she's, she's way too old. Um, yeah. But I like just, yeah, like um, just the visual comedy of, and mm-hmm. La- Lady Catherine de Bourgh, like, chat shit the whole time, doesn't she? So like, get yeah. someone who like this is a woman who's talking and everything she's saying is dumb yeah but she doesn't realize it so get someone that can get that across yeah that would be be great good um yeah i really agree with you to be honest um i mean it's fun sort of like playing around with actors you know and casting them in the roles but um i I just don't know anyone's name too old (laughs) that's my issue you know everyone I don't know who they are. Everyone I want is too old. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, my dream Darcy is Matthew Good. I think he is just a beautiful man. Oh, what's his name? No, no, no. The guy. He plays Viserys in Game of Thrones. Um, you know Harry I, Lloyd. You know I Harry don't know. Lloyd. Okay, no. He's baby. There's going to be some typing. There's going to be some typing. Great. Sorry, guys. Harry Lloyd. Because you guys know don't, I don't, I don't might, watch Game of Thrones. Might Bingley, maybe I'd maybe have. Oh, he's as... he's a nice looking man. Yeah, he yeah, could be Bingley, right? Yeah, I, I don't know that he's a. Darcy. I mean, his headshot, his headshot's really nice. So I don't know. I haven't seen him in action. And he's got he's got a really lovely speaking voice. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, Ian love- Glenn. Get Ian Glenn in it. He's well old, so I don't know who you'd have him in, but he's got... I'm just wow. thinking of people with good voices. Harry Lloyd also, is my age. I uh, thought he was much younger. Okay. Everyone I'm going to say is from Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh my god! Well, like, everyone I'm going to say is, like, from Endeavor. <laughs> hey! Ian Glenn was in a period drama. What was he in? He's got a cravat on. Alright, let's look this up. Sorry, guys. This is, like, I some think. Victorian thing. He could be, like... Uh, he could be the uncle. Oh, that's Ian Glenn. I've seen him in so many things. He could be Uncle Gardner. <laughs> he has a great voice. Mr. Gardner. Yeah. Oh, and that guy from Outlander. Get him in it. Oh, yeah. Which one? The hot one. Jamie. And also her husband. Get them all in. Yeah. Get, get everyone from Outlander. I'm getting, yeah, yeah, I'm getting overexcited, aren't I? Hey, you Ian, are. Ian Glenn was in Downton Abbey. This is great. Yeah. I just love period dramas. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Matthew Good, My Dream Darcy. Not going to happen, but I love it. Um, and he was in Doctor Sarah- Who. Sorry. <laughs> hey. You're just I've discovering. The guy. The guy. He was in The guy. Uh, yeah. 
Um, Joe, what's his name? Uh... The guy Joe, what's his name? He could be Wickham. His Who name is Joe? Is Joe, <laughs> Joe Dempsey. <laughs> Look up Joe Dempsey. I'm casting Joe Dempsey as Wickham. He's in Doctor <laughs> Who. He's in Game of Thrones. He's in... I think, yeah, I think that works for me. Yeah, he'd be a good Wickham. So him as Wickham. He, he looks like a footballer to me. I think he's got, like, he looks like he could be in the army, you know? Like a guy yeah, yeah, trying to, like, yeah. try, he's trying to make his way in the world. He's a bit cheeky. Mm-hmm. He's got a great jawline. So I don't have a Darcy yet. I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, For Lizzie, I would like, I like Sarah Vickers a lot. I'm sorry about the time. Like, she's really... It's all right. She's like, you know, she's spunky. She's got like just great eyebrows and eyes. Like she can do a lot of eye acting. Who is she? She can, she can do looks. Who is she? She has a minor role in Endeavor, but... Um, nah, I'm not on. She's not great. on board. No. She's great. Give me she's someone else. Um, well, from the comments section of an article that I was reading, someone suggested Tom Hardy as Darcy. And I laughed for like a solid 10 minutes. That's insane. <laughs> I, I mean, Who's if that? you want. <laughs> was that one of our listeners? No, it wasn't. It was not. You have um, permission to leave the room if you think that's Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but you pause, know what? Pause. I'd watch it. I'd watch it. <laughs> Tom Hardy as a very big and intimidating Wickham. Oh, my God. Well, I, he's way too old. Like, he's too intimidating. Oh, like, it's too who, much. No, you know who he could be? You know who he could be? Who's a role that I think gets forgotten a little bit? Colonel Fitzwilliam. Mm. Darcy's cousin. He's not in it very much. He's like a really yeah. charming guy. I think it would be a hilarious, like, bit part. For Well, I think he's, yeah, he's way too big for that role. Could you imagine if, like, they went to Tom Hardy and they <laughs> they offered him, they're like, you're, you're basically in one scene. You've got, like, one line. He's in a bunch well, of scenes. He's in, like, two. Two. I think yeah, that would be su- funny. Such an, what an insult to Tom that, Hardy. That is literally where I would put him. I would give him that that role and nothing else. I cannot wait for the episode where we discuss Tom Hardy's Wuthering Heights. Um, definitely watch his Heathcliff. I mean, he's just... He's such... He's doing a thing, guys. <laughs> he's fascinating to watch. Um, Tom Hardy also plays a great psychopath. Uh, a TV show I'm thinking of is called The Take. And um, he you just can't look away from him. Uh, as Darcy, wow. Wow. I mean, that would certainly be a dark Pride and Prejudice. But yeah, thankfully, that was not one of our listeners. So Jack told me last night that the guy that plays Daredevil is a British actor. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Charlie Cox. So he was in he was in Stardust, right? Him. Yes. Darcy. Give him Darcy. He's cute. You know what? I'm on board with it. I think he's cute. He's very cute though. He's like not imposing. I don't think Mr. Darcy necessarily has to be imposing. He has to be quiet and retiring. That's the thing that Matthew McFadden brought to it with those sad eyes. Oh my god. I, I love know. him so much. Well, I think my heart stops when I think about him a little bit. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, listen, I would totally be on board with Charlie Cox, to be and honest he's got with you. Great bud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just, just finished the uh, Defenders last night. I didn't care for it. <laughs> I, oh. was, I was forced to watch it last night. Oh, wow. Wow. Lauren, did you enjoy it? Um, I thought that the pacing in the back half was a little messy. But um, I liked parts. I don't care for Iron Fist. No one the, does, though. The balance and the force is restored. You like it. I don't like it. That's yeah, exactly. I but I, you know, but I had a good time. I did power through it. It's not perfect, but I had a good time. Uh, let's see. We do have some listeners that had some suggestions. At uh, Never Mary Mitford on yeah. Twitter nominated Joshua McGuire for Bingley, um, which I think is a great choice. And I had actually thought of him earlier for Collins. I think Collins needs to be a stocky guy. He's stuck. Okay. He's funny and young and awkward, so maybe he's a little too much like Tom Hollander. You know, like a, like that's where Josh I'm going. Should- I'm really sorry to say it, but it just comes up with a rugby player for me. 
<laughs> it's giving me an actor option. I was like, really? Give me an actor option. Um, what else? Oh, I don't like that he has a small hat underneath a bigger hat. Mm, yeah, oh, that's not good. That's making me uncomfortable. What? Um, yeah, he could do it. He could do it. I'm fine. I'm down. Yeah, I think uh, I think he would be a great choice. See, at Maggie Rachel nominated. Oh, he, was in, he was in Misfits. Okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That works yeah. for me. And wasn't he in um, that show? They called it Scrotal Recall for a while, and then they renamed it. Because that's like the worst. It's like the worst title ever. <laughs> it's like just yeah. They renamed it Lovesick. Anyway, um. At Maggie Rachel nominated Sophie Cookson for Lizzie and Sophie Turner for Jane. Hi, Maggie. Maggie's a social media friend. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Talk to yeah, you hello. Um, those are some Game of Thrones choices. I think Sophie Turner is so <gasps> beautiful. Do you know what would work really well for me? So Sophie mm. Turner is like, we'll just cast entirely from Game of Thrones because you could have Sophie Turner as Lizzie. Hear me oh, out. as Lizzie? Hear me out. Have her as Lizzie, because her hair colour doesn't bloody matter, does it? Doesn't matter. Oh, but she's then, such a great redhead, though. So, so you don't even have to dye her hair. Cast her as Lizzie and make um the guy, he's in Game of Thrones and he's in Outlander, but everyone is the guy. Um, I know, they're he, all the guy. He plays, uh, oh my gosh, this is so hard for me. I never remember who anyone is. <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised you haven't called anyone thingy yet. Thingy? Yeah. Dem, uh, uh, I can't, I cannot, I cannot tell you what this man's name is. <laughs> he, Can you tell me what his character name is? Edmure Tully. I'm Googling it. Tobias Menzies. Oh, Tobias. I feel like he's too old. To be her dad. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Just age him up a bit. I'm not a good casting director. I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not on board with anyone that's not Roger Allen. We when they announce the casting, I'm Uncle gonna Gardner. just I'm gonna lose my mind if he's not in it. I'm gonna just boycott it. Sophie Turner no, would probably be won't. fine as Jane. She'd be fine. Sophie Turner, yeah, yeah, I think she'd she'd work. But actually, do you know what? I think so when she plays Sansa Stark, there's like she's got this good bitchiness, you know? She's mm-hmm. a little bit cool. Mm-hmm. And very calculating. And so And when she was in when she was in the X-Men movie, I thought that she was playing a softer character and I don't think she was as interesting. So I would okay. maybe give her um one of the Bingley sisters. Okay. I'd maybe give her Caroline Bingley. And I know the last Bing I know that Bingley had a ginger sister in the last one, a redheaded sister, sorry. Yeah. And <laughs> but I don't, is yeah, gin- I don't is know. saying ginger offensive I don't think it's offensive I just I don't know if Sophie Turner wants to be called ginger I don't know oh okay Sophie Turner I um I like her because she looks quite a lot like our friend Kelly yeah oh, yeah beautiful. yeah and Kelly like she's like I always know when a new season of Game of Thrones is coming out because people are always like hey hey you know who you look like and she's like I know I know but I'm like that's not a bad thing you know bad thing, darling. wonderful Jane Austen, Rosamund Pike, did a lovely job. She did a lovely job. She's a fantastic actress. Yeah. I, I really enjoy her. Um, yeah, yeah. Just, it's hard. It's hard to cast this. Keep, keep those ideas coming in, guys. I like, I like the speculation. I like talking to you guys about it on Twitter. Keep Natalie Dormer well away. Keep her away. I don't want Oh, her. I love Natalie Dormer. I don't want Natalie Dormer, and I don't want... Clara Oswin Oswald, what's her face? No, thank you. Get, get. Whoa, get whoa. Me. What do you have against Natalie Dormer? I just don't want her in the show. <laughs> I really enjoy her. My beef with Natalie is personal, okay? Oh, oh, it's personal. No, it's not. I just, there is no beef. I just don't think, I just can't see her playing anyone. The only person I can see yeah, her I being can't. is a Lydia Bennett and she's too old. Yeah, yeah. No, so. I don't think she's, uh, she's in it. Uh, I don't. But I, I do love her on the side. You know who was great? The girl that plays young. Um, the girl that plays. God, this is another Game of Thrones person. Jeez. So I'm going to show us everyone. Let's move on. 
That's I feel like Game of Thrones is like Doctor Who, like just every British actor gets called up. Yeah. At a certain point, you're just waiting for your turn. Um, Yeah. So, you know, thank you guys for sending in your picks and for agreeing with me that Roger Allen should be Mr. Bennett. Um, We also uh, wanted to read some listener feedback this episode because you guys are fantastic to interact with on social media. Our listeners are super smart and lovely and funny and just people I would be friends with, you know, out in the world. We should all just go get a coffee sometime. I would love to do a Bonnets at Dawn meetup with everyone. It would be really hard yeah. because, you know, we're all over the world. Places, but it would be nice. Well, um, we do have a few opportunities for that coming up. Uh, we'll discuss one of them on next week's episode. So that would be for people in the UK. And then next year, we are planning on trying to do a meetup at the Jane Austen Festival in Kentucky. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can meet some of you guys in real life. Um, so one of the things that you guys have been tweeting at us is um, just like it, that we have like inspired you to sort of pick up some of these books again, which I love. I'm like so That's, on yeah. board with this. It's That's just like, best. oh my God. I try to tell Hannah about it too. Like I try to you know, tell you about it every day, like a good comment that we get in, you know, because we're both just living our wretched bondage lives. Yeah. And it really warms our hearts. So Um, I really like it. It's nice. I like to check in. Sometimes I'll look at um, the bonnets at dawn Twitter. I'll see who you're talking to because I'm not always in the conversation. Yeah. (laughs) You're working. I lurk. Yeah, you look. You're a lurker. Um, So I will say... Shantae one on Instagram. She actually uh, uploaded this picture of her uh, reading Wuthering Heights during her lunch break at work. So I was just like super happy about it. And I really want to hear how that's going. How are you liking it or not liking it? I feel like lots of people said that they are going to reread it. Yeah. And have another go. Um, So so someone tweeted at you like today, didn't they? Saying... um, that they read like four or five chapters and then put it down. Is that right? Um, that was, was that Jane Eyre. Like? It was John Jane Eyre. It was a different book, but uh, people have been actually, they, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I will I mean, say people have been tweeting at me and discussing Heathcliff's race a lot, which I love. Um, got a lot of comments on that. And I'm glad that we're keeping that discussion going. Yeah. Um, someone yesterday tweeted at me and said, like, I can't believe, like, your English teachers wouldn't talk about it. Like, it's such, you know, a huge part of his character. And I'm like, yeah, I um, I went to a very, very conservative high school. It was probably, I don't know, it was probably, like, five Black students there total. And I think I had, like, 600 people in my class. Um, I will say I did remember a thing that happened to me after she tweeted that, is that, like, I was discussing race and Wuthering Heights in high school in my class. And um, I, of course, then like sort of made it personal because, you know, again, like I'm a woman of color, but I'm also very light and people are not, they're they're like, are you Puerto Rican? Are you like, what's going on? I'm like, no, I'm black. Um, So of course I had to like, sounds weird, like out myself as a black woman in that class. I was like, well, I'm a black person. I, you know, this is how I feel about this book. And my teacher didn't realize I was black. And then she was like, oh, oh, I understand. I understand. And um, later on, like, I received a copy of these, like, African fairy tales from my teacher. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, these will be, you know, these will be good for you because you're black and, like, you should read about black culture. And I think what was happening there was that when you read Wuthering Heights or when this teacher was reading Wuthering Heights, they were not sort of, they were like thinking of it as a white story. I think a lot of yeah. people, like a lot of teachers just support, like this is white culture and um, this is not a black story. So you're a black person and you're bringing blackness into this. Yeah. So I think that's what was happening there. And then later on, she was like, now I have purchased an appropriate book for you to discuss black issues. <laughs> That's insane. And um, so I think that's what was happening there. But yeah, it's completely insane. And I really hope um, that's not happening <laughs> anymore, but it probably is. So. I mean, it is. Come on, look at all of the yeah. controversy with the casting of like stuff like the Hunger Games. And yeah. people are like, 
I'm not trying to be racist, but I never pictured Rue as black. And it's like, cool. Well done on trying to not be racist. You failed. Right. Like, I, well, it, it's also like that. Um, God, I wish I had it pulled up. There was that Guardian article the other day by a historian who was talking about <clears throat> British history and like, you know, like, hey, guys, people of color have like always been here. Yeah. And we need to be including them in conversations. And everyone was like, no, like people act like people of color are a new thing and that we are, you know, again, like bringing our blackness into a story that like, and I'm like, no, it already exists. I'm sorry. It's already like, a thing. Shakespeare's talking about people of color in the 16th century. Like, right. As terms exactly. That people in the audience would have recognized. Yes. So if like, and remember like the people he was writing for and the people he was performing to were people like it wasn't it wasn't this like over the top like only the really rich were were going to see his plays and so they had to be universal and so you're you're literally talking about like your common layman right was aware of people of color they weren't it's like it's yeah i don't know yeah, we're, we're just not this anything idea that everyone been around. Is white and that it's just uh, they've appeared and it's like yeah, yeah. there there wouldn't have been like the same amount as perhaps there are now but right, like, right. I don't know. We've been around. Like whenever these, there's like you know a backlash to yeah to casting or something. They're like, oh, we're just making it politically correct because oh now we got to pe- put people of color in things. And I'm like, yeah, we've we've been here. We're here. Yeah. So I just want to say, people. like, in, so think about that. Just the fact that in the 14th century, people were eating rice and people were eating stuff that was spiced, but we weren't eating potatoes and we weren't eating tomatoes because they are from America and South America. So like, if you've got people trading, trade means like intermingling. It means meeting people. It means learning about new cultures. Like it was happening. It's been happening for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Right. So get over it. Sorry, guys. Sorry. (laughs) Not our listeners. They're they're lovely people. They know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're still, you know, having this discussion and um keep the tweets coming. Let's see. What else we got in these tweets, Hannah? Do you want to talk about our friend Mateo? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mateo. <laughs> <laughs> He's hilarious. <laughs> oh. So uh Mateo was doing a really funny uh, Emma live read. Um, on Twitter, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was great. It was while we were traveling. So I don't know if I retweeted like all of his tweets because we were sort of like on trains and running around and stuff. But oh my God, I love that this podcast inspired him to read Emma. And um, he did I a like, really awesome live tweet of it. <laughs> I really enjoyed the um, Mr. Woodhouse, like, just eating all the gruel. Just yeah. Really, just really loving his gruel and it being underlined. So that was good. Yeah. Um, and say it also seems to be very aware of my non-existent love life. So he suggested a game to us called Regency Love. Uh, that yeah. I think, Lauren, have you just bought that? I did. It's um, $4.99 on the uh, Apple store. It's uh, it's really cute. It kind of um, it's a reminds me of... Sim. It's sort of like an interactive novel, like Regency era novel. And um, it's really cute. It's really cute. It's, you guys should check it out. It's all about it's all about getting the D. Yeah, exactly. In the Regency era, and yeah. um, we will definitely discuss it in full. Um, we are doing a Jane Austen games episode, and we've already sort of tested a few games and d- done a few interviews, and uh, we'll put that episode together sometime. Sometime we need to play um, Ever Jane a little bit more. I think before we yeah we need to get it. back on yeah. Um, Quill Jin on Twitter told me that the podcast reminded her that she had to read Pride and Prejudice. Like she still hasn't read it, but uh, I'm she- so jealous. I hope you enjoyed reading it. The first I know. Time. The first time is great. Actually, the second time was really good. Also, the third and fourth, but the first yeah, time yeah. Is, is special. It is special. So I hope you're enjoying it. Let us know um, how that's going. And then um, our friend Lopped and Croft editing yeah. on Twitter. Uh, really love the fact that you called John Thorpe the original fuckboy on our North Anger <laughs> episode. He is. He really is. You know what's funny? Is that I use fuckboy every once in a while. And then afterwards, 
uh, after she tweeted that, I was like, you know what? Let me look up like the Urban Dictionary for a fuckboy. I want to see all the entries. And yeah. I did. I read them. And I was like, yeah, that applies. It works. It's great. I'm glad. Yeah. You're spot on. Um, so that Northanger episode actually got a lot of love, which I was surprised about. You guys like Northanger Abbey, um, which I love. That's great. Um, Kirabelle Lavelle actually just told me that she really loved that episode on Twitter. So thank you, Kirabelle. And then uh, we've got one from Jen Hope Brown, who had a really uh, great comment about the Jane Eyre episode. So I'm going to read this one out. Um, Love Jane Eyre episode one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Love Jane Eyre <laughs> episode. One comment. Sinjin might, uh, may not be the best example of a Christian. He's kind of a wacko, but his words at the end were not unusual or crazy. Even so, come Lord Jesus is a quote from Revelation 22, 20, and it represents the Christian's belief that life with God after death is a good thing because it means no more sin and suffering. And I think Jane herself would share that belief considering her obvious moral convictions. Overall, your episode gave much food for thought. You ladies are fantastic and thank you for doing what you do. Um, yeah, it's so I think the thing that always was, well, that kept shocking me with Jane Eyre and I imagine is going to happen again um, through reading like Valette and Tennant and the other books by the Brontes is just that although morality and like Christian behaviour is uh, present in Jane Austen's novels, like look at people like Mr. Collins and uh, Mr. Elton. Yeah. Like those are your examples, you know, and like, Jane Austen's father was a curate, so she was very involved in the church growing up. Um, but it's just, it's not as explicit. And so I did find it really surprising when uh, when I read Jane Eyre. But just as a caveat, you know, like my mum, my mum's very Christian. She probably is going to say something like, even so, come Lord Jesus, when it's her time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm laughing. My mum always talks about her own death, so it's not like I'm wishing it upon her. I'm not wishing it upon her. <laughs> My dad also talks about his own death. I think it might be an age thing. She always says, Hannah, I'm going for a long swim. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going on a camping or seaside holiday with you or going near any body of water. Uh, the older no. you get, the more I'm like, stay inland. Yeah, so. don't, don't do it. It could yeah. be an age thing. I don't know. My dad is always doing that. Like, we're just, you know, eating pancakes. And he's like, listen, I need to talk to you about my funeral. And I'm like, oh, my God. I just, Dad. I think the thing that got me at the end of the book was just more that it's about Sinjin, you know, and not, and just not, mm-hmm. it doesn't finish with Jane Eyre. And he's so yeah. convicted. It's so, it's, he's such an authentic character. And I do think it's really yeah. interesting that, um, I think the Brontes obviously have like very, uh, very set morals and ethics that they live their life by and a deep understanding of christianity as a faith but that she mm-hmm. chose to put it through another character and not through jane eyre which is so she yeah. is jane eyre but it's it's not jane eyre that it's like that that side of christianity is coming through mm-hmm. in yeah it's a so, good point yeah it's I interesting think, i can't wait to read more of the brontes for like that stuff in mind yeah and uh i love that point that you bring up about you know jane austen's christianity and how it's not overt and i think maybe that's one of the reasons why um, her books just, and not that they translate well to like all cultures, but but yeah, like you can pick it up and you can sort of not have to have an understanding of Christianity to really. Yeah. So, um, but with the Brontes, like I do, you know, especially in this modern context, like I do have to st- sort of stop and think about what her characters are saying and, and the context of it. And you get, you get that with George Eliot as well, because Dorothea in, mm-hmm. um, I've completely blanked on the book. It's be- Middlemarch. It's because Middlemarch. Dorothea yeah. in Middlemarch is um is incredibly religious as well. Mm-hmm. Um and like that that's like a huge thing. Like all through the novel. And I think um it like if you don't have a base understanding of uh like the former Christianity that she practices and also the politics of the time, Middlemarch can be quite a dense book to get through just because of how many references there are. I'm curious to see if Elizabeth Gaskell is that way as well, actually. Yeah. Because a lot of politics going on at the time, also married 
uh, to a Unitarian minister, I believe he was. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, that was an awesome comment, Jen. Like, thank you. I love, uh, I love stuff like that. Yeah. 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 More comments. Sorry. More comments, guys. Give us a review on iTunes, guys. It's super helpful. It uh, helps us reach a bigger audience. It gives Mm -hmm. us a good idea of like what's working. Maybe let us know if there's something you think isn't working. Mm -hmm. And just keep saying, hey. Yeah, for sure. And if you do have a comment on the audio, guys, we've just had some crazy mechanical errors the past few weeks. We're getting it together. I lost my laptop. We're so sorry. My new laptop doesn't work with my old microphone. <laughs> uh, it's a it's a whole situation, but thank you so much for hanging in there with us. Um, yeah, yeah, that would be appreciated if you would go ahead and leave us a review. Still, no one has told me what they're just what they've eaten for breakfast. I just want five stars, scrambled eggs. Get it in there. <laughs> um, we are officially now for real. We are on Stitcher Radio. So if you have a Stitcher app, go ahead and do the thing. I don't have Stitcher. I don't know how it works, but those of you that do, (laughs) Do you can figure it out. (laughs) Do the thing, Stitchers. Do the thing, Stitchers. You asked for it, you got it. Um, If there's somewhere else you need us to be, send me a tweet and I will work on it. Um, You can find us on Twitter at Bonnets at Dawn and on Instagram at Bonnets at Dawn. And on Gmail at Bonnets at Dawn. Well, the Gmail's Bonnets at Dawn app. Yeah. Gmail.com. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Don't want to confuse you guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to us this week. Um, we will be back next week with uh, a special announcement. <gasps> Bye. Gasp. Bye.